0: You have, a, you have a lot of fans here. You have a lot of fans. So, um, I'm going to read her bio, okay? Dr. Sophia Magianis sang as of Saturday. <laughs> she getting hitched. Love it. Are we all invited? I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Everyone's invited to the reception. I'm totally kidding. I'm the worst. Okay. <laughs> she's like this. She's like, no, I'm so sorry, no one. Dr. Sophia Maganas Sang is a Latina Hebrew Bible scholar who specializes who specializes in Hebrew poetry and wisdom literature. She is a contributor to SBL and CBA. She hopes to finish her commentary on Job very soon. Can we welcome Dr. Sophia Maggianis?
1: I love you <laughs> as well. Haha. <laughs> will you <laughs> Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your presence in our lives. And on this day, we turn to you. We turn our hearts that are prone to wander, Lord. We turn ourselves to you asking, Lord, that you would breathe new life in us. And make us aware that we are your bride. In Jesus' name, amen. So today is February 26th. And it is Ash Wednesday. And usually, actually for the past three or four years, we've celebrated it together. We've commemorated it with a tradition that is usually associated with Roman Catholic Church or with more like high church traditions. But we all know we Pentecostal. So many times we are like, why are you putting that dirt on our face? Why are you putting ashes on our head? We're not Catholic. No, but for 2,000 years or so, this tradition of putting ashes on someone's um, forehead or on their hand, what it is, is it's a sign of repentance, and it's a sign that the church has inherited from the First, temps, the first Testament, the Hebrew Scripture. And actually, since the 3rd and 4th century, there are, it's recorded that Christians would practice this as a sign of repentance. Now, I loved yesterday's speaker, and he said something very profound. Repentance can happen anywhere. You don't have to recreate anything. And I know that some of you have been waiting for a special moment. (laughs) It's not to say that um, formality is not welcome, but for those of you who didn't repent yesterday, you have a chance today. (laughs) Today, we're not going to put ashes on your forehead, but I'm going to remind you that you were made from ashes. To ashes, you will return. And that is not to minimize who you are. It's to take a lot of pressure off of yourself. It is he who has made you and not you yourself. So stop trying to do what you are not created to do. Okay. So Ash Wednesday marks off the start of 40 days, about six and a half weeks before Easter. And so today is the day, 40 days, woohoo, before Easter's. Um, yes, Easter's. <laughs> 40, as you know, in the Bible, is associated with um, purification. So the first time we ever get this set of 40 days is it's the flood. It's 40 days and 40 nights. And they're in the arky, arky. It rained and poured for 40 daisies, daisies. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm probably too old now. I think some of you don't remember the Archie, Arky song. Anyway, but it's also the number 40 is associated with the wilderness wanderings. That the generation that came from Egypt, they didn't believe that God was giving them their inheritance. They didn't believe that God was going to give the land that he promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So they forfeited their inheritance and they were forced to wander For 40 years. Also, 40 days in the Bible, it's associated with childbirth, purification after childbirth. Male child, 40 days. Female child, (laughs) I don't know why, twice as many days. Um, But Leviticus 12. Cultures, peeps? You're doing Leviticus? Yeah, okay. Um, But ultimately, the reason why the church has reclaimed this idea of 40 days before Easter. Is because it echoes Jesus' temptation in the desert. That for 40 days and 40 nights he was fasting and he was tempted. And but we have a double tradition, the gospel people, um, in Matthew and Luke that records um, that Jesus was in the desert for 40 days. Um, so today, starts the 40 days of rem- reminding us of our own mortality. Oh, you're like, thanks a lot. We just, we're celebrating things today, Sophia. No, it's Dr. Magallanes. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry. I thought I'd make a joke. Um, but during this time, we remember our mortality. We also remember our creatureliness. I like doing the creatureliness to remind me that I am just as much of a creature as the birds of the air, and also the flowers of the field. And did, doesn't that sound familiar? I think somebody told us something like, there's, there's birds in the air and flowers in the field, so don't worry about your life. That today is your chance to remind yourself that you are a creature. And as a creature, God promises to take care of you. But more than that, this is a time that we can repent. You're like, ah, oh, that's a loaded word. Just think of it in terms of returning back to God. Reconciliation. We're ending Black History Month, and what better way to reconcile ourselves with each other by first reconciling ourselves to our Creator? So, today, I'm here to explain this Lenten practice of 40 days, preparing yourself 40 days before Easter, but in terms of of how Jesus answers John's disciples when they ask why his disciples are not fasting. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Mark chapter 2, verse 18 through 22. It's also recorded almost verbatim in Matthew 9, 14 through 17, and in Luke 5, 33 through 39, triple tradition, eh? Hey, yeah, you're like reminding us of our homework, dang it. You're welcomed. Okay. So I'm going to be reading Mark's account of Jesus answering John's disciples. And it says, now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And the people came and said to him, being Jesus, why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast? but your disciples do not fast. Has anybody ever asked you a question, but you know it's not a question? They're just pointing out all the things that you're not doing. This is what they're doing. (laughs) They're saying, oh, so why is it that all the Pharisees fast and John's disciples fast, but your disciples don't fast? And Jesus said to them, the wedding guests cannot fast while the bridegroom is with them, can they? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old cloak. Otherwise, the patch pulls away from it, and the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts on new new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost. And so are the skins. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. You're like, hmm, wineskins. What does that mean? Well, very plainly, why do you expect old things to produce new things in your life? A lot of you are holding on to things in your life. Old habits, old behaviors. But don't you know the bridegroom has come? There is a type of fasting that one does because the bridegroom is present. There are things that w- we must let go of in order to embrace and welcome the lover of our souls. I believe that the Lord is asking us to reframe this time of Lent and this reflection, this time of reflection in terms of another kind of fasting. We need to look at what do we have to let go of in order to embrace our bridegroom, Jesus Christ, the lover of our souls. I personally never knew what getting married was like until now. (laughs) I'm on the precipice of marriage. And Saturday, I will be... And he's filming me. Hi. Um... And and instead of this being a plug for, oh, look what's happening in my life, it's not about that. It's more about, I didn't know what this scripture meant until now I find myself here. So leading up until my wedding this Saturday, I've become more and more aware of what this commitment means Not only will I gain and experience new things, but I'll also have to let go of attitudes and habits of being a single person. I've been a single person for 39 years. It's hard. It's hard to let go of my single life, my identity as a single person. But in order for me to start my new life, I need to let go of that identity. My me needs to become a we. So I want to challenge you to reevaluate how you can let go of your me mentality. You're like, I'm not even married. I don't know. No. You are the bride of Christ. But in addition to that, you can't be the bride of Christ by yourself. Your me needs to turn into we, the we of community in order to be the bride of Christ. Okay? So that's pretty simply what the gist of what I want to say to you today. It's not just about making room for the bridegroom, but also realizing that the people that you do life with are called to be the bride and the body of Christ with you. So this time of Lent, we're not putting ashes on you. We're going to invite you to come and get your ashes up here to worship the Lord. Sorry, that was a bad pun. (laughs) Took some time. Am I allowed to say that? I'm sorry. I'm making the president red right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be invited again. Okay. So I'm going, usually people, when, when they're getting the ashes administered on their forehead or on their hands, we, they say one of two things. Sometimes they say, remember that you are dust, and to dust you will return. But another form of administering ashes is this. Repent and believe the gospel. So I'm going to ask you to repent, which means just turn. Turn from your old life and realize that you are the bride. We're not asking you to fast, fast, nor are we asking you that you would take this opportunity. Oh, but we are asking you to take this opportunity to um, take inventory of your life. During this 40-day period leading up to the Resurrection Sunday, you get a chance to reorder your priorities and even be intentional about how you need to repent. So, I will leave you with this. Remember you are dust and to dust you shall return. But also, repent and believe that you are the bride of Christ.
0: Can we thank Dr. Sophia? Thank you so much. As the team gets ready, can we stand on up? And we have um, just about like uh, five to eight minutes, and uh, we've got time. Don't worry. I know some of you are very anxious, but I think it's important. I love what uh, Dr. Sophia said. She said, um, "For some of you that didn't repent yesterday, you have another chance today." <laughs> Um, but I think it's, it's kind of a theme for this week. It's a, a theme for what God is doing to give us an opportunity to turn. Um, and I love something that uh, Pastor Jake said yesterday as well. He said that uh, we think that God um, is, is distant and it's all been in us, that he's always been there. And I think this is a great moment of reflection, great moment of repentance to turn back um, to the Lord, to turn and believe the gospel, as I read earlier, that he's brought us from far away and brought us near because of the blood of Jesus. And so if we would um, just close your eyes where you are and want to pray over you and then we're going to uh, start to worship again. So Jesus, um, we receive that word today. We receive that, Lord, we are. We come from the dust. We come from the ashes. And, and God, that you you're, you're a God that redeems. You're a God who reconciles. And God, that you would take these areas of our life of, uh, that feel broken, these areas of our life that feel dysfunctional, that you're making new wineskins, God. You're doing something new. You're turning things around in our lives. We don't just declare it in song. We don't just read it in scripture. We believe it in our hearts that you are a God that redeems. You make things beautiful, God. You reconcile, you restore. I even um, feel there's people here in relationships that maybe feel um, a little bit rocky right now. That I, I just believe that God's restoring and redeeming, even for some of you that have gone through heartbreak, even in the last few months. That God's redeeming and restoring your hearts as well. And even there's some people here that are married. That God is strengthening your marriage. That the enemy would love to bring division. And, and so we just, we just believe, even as we heard, there's oftentimes these moments before we reconcile with others, we have to come and just say, God, I want to I wanna just reestablish re- that reconnection here. And so we just take that moment in worship. And before we close, I want to take a moment to even just pray for one another. Uh, if you need prayer, um, I'm going to be up here. We have uh, one of our associate chaplains who's going to be here on the side as well. Um, we're up here, and, and so if you want to, if you just even need someone to talk to and need some prayer, come chat with me. We have some leaders, even Carlos and some of uh, our leaders are ready to pray for you. So uh, let's worship. you to make it personal. I want you to say, oh, how he loves me. Come on, one more time. I want you to make it personal, how he loves me. Come on. He, he loves, loves me. me. Oh, how
2: he loves me. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how
0: he loves me. One more time. Come on. He loves
2: me oh how he loves me oh how he loves me oh how he loves, me. Oh, how he loves me.
0: so Jesus we believe those words today in our heart that you love us you are for us you've redeemed us you've restored us I thank you that we're leaving this place today encouraged. Even in these next 40 days leading up to Easter, I pray they would be transformational in our hearts, in our lives. That, God, this would be even the best Easter we've ever experienced because you're doing something so new in this season of our life. We thank you. We honor you. We worship you. And everybody said a mighty amen and amen and amen. Come on. Want to dismiss everybody today. We're a little bit late, but have a great rest of your day. We have some awesome chapels planned next week as you exit. Check out the You Matter Museum right outside. And uh, Tehela on Friday night at 7 p.m. It's going to be awesome.